Welcome to It Came From A Podcast, Episode 9. It is June 26, 2015, and this week some new Spider-Man roles have been filled in both the comics and movies. Arkham Knight on PC has been taken down. And then we find out that Star Trek may be making a return to TV. And with the movie in the works, we have a review of Ready Player One for you. So have a seat and stick around. who came from a podcast where we curate pop culture for your inner geek and thank you so much for listening and i'm sergio i am and joining me is ricky kazvan what's up so something big happened something big happened for america this week sergio and we we normally don't get so serious and so political with the news but this is really big so yeah, this is major we, we talked we talked about it and we decided we wanted to bring it up um in a landmark opinion, the Supreme Court ruled on Friday that same-sex couples can care, can marry nationwide, you know, establishing a new civil right and uh, handing gay rights advocates a historic victory. So, Dude, round of applause for that, right? Love one. Welcome to, like, 2000-something No, America. welcome to where we should have been 10 years ago, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. That is an amazing thing that's happened. It's one of those few moments, in my opinion, where something goes right in America and you just want to, like, applaud, you know? I'm not going to lie, man. I, uh, when the news broke, I, I went, obviously, I went online and I started looking at, um, you know, at all the celebration stuff. And I got, I got really choked up just seeing, like, all the people in front of the in front of the courthouse, like, celebrating and, like, hugging and just, like, everybody was so, like, unified and it was just, like, a really awesome thing to see and I, I was at work and I was, like, getting, like, really choked up so I was like, alright, let me stop looking at this because I'm gonna start, like, crying in front of, like, everybody. It, it was super emotional because the thing yeah. is, like, this is such a fundamental right yep. to not see it. It's just, you know, it's like, I you take it for granted. You and I, we're both married. Imagine if that was something that you had to go through an obstacle course to achieve. You know what I mean? It, it would be the worst thing in the world, the worst thing in the world. And I, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people who who are attracted to the same sex. And like, yeah, same here, I, family, know, friends. I'm, I'm so happy that a lot of people that I know now can actually, you know, get married. And it's just such a good feeling. Yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction of where humanity should be. We still have know? a long way to go, but, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. That's why we don't do politics normally on this show. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, with that being said, let's move over to movies and television. So, after searching the globe, Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios have announced that a fresh-faced Tom Holland will play the role of their Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man. We finally found somebody, man. After after all the search and all the different candidates they were throwing at us, they finally settled on, on Tom Holland. Hey, I can't believe how... Garfield must be feeling right now. Not the cat. Here's the here's the thing, man. Andrew Garfield was just dealt a very very crappy card because he did such a good job as he was such a good Peter Parker, and especially if if you base his portrayal off of the, they were really trying to to use uh, Ultimate Spider Man, the Ultimate Universe, as a as the, the base for his portrayal. He did such a good job, and and I personally think that he did a much better job than than Tobey Maguire. He 
had had he been cast now, had he waited and I mean obviously he had no way of knowing, but had they held off and him being cast now would have been he would have been so good. He just he got dealt a really crappy card and ended up in, in those movies, but I feel I do feel bad for him, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't think he was a horrible Spider-Man or anything. Um, he was a good Spider-Man. I think he was awesome. I just didn't I like the awesome. Amazing Spider-Man movies. I just didn't. I they were fun. You didn't even like you didn't like part one. I think it's okay. There's just too many problems that I can't discuss in the next ten minutes. But that's just my opinion. I, I just I, I think it was fun, but it wasn't great. And that's what I want a Spider-Man movie to be. I want it to be like great. What what hurt those movies the most, and from everything that Marvel has said. And that Kevin Feige has said they're staying away from it. This one is that they redid the whole origin story, and it had only been a couple of years since the Tobey Maguire one. So, um, as long as as this one, which I think it will, stays away from the origin story, yeah, um, I think we'll be fine because we don't need to see another origin no, story. We've seen we it so many yeah. times. We know he got bit by a spider. You know, we know all of that Wait, stuff. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's how he becomes. I don't know if you knew that. That's how he becomes. He gets bit by a spider, oh. and it's a radioactive spider too. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see where it's going because I feel like this is going to be a movie that's shaped by where the Marvel Universe is now. And that's really exciting. From everything they've said, you know, all these movies that we've seen, he's already been Spider-Man in the background in in this universe. So he's already established. It's just a matter of him actually showing up now. Um, So Tom Holland, uh, Holland, I'm sorry. Back to Tom Holland. Uh, He's been in a few movies. 2012's The Impossible. 2013's How I Live Now, and he was actually a voice actor for a few films. In uh, Studio Ghibli's The Secret World of Arietti, Arietti, and then he was the voice of the son in Eddie in the film Locke with Tom Hardy. The Impossible is really good. Yeah, The Impossible is really good. If you guys haven't watched it, go watch that so you can actually see him in it. Right before the casting announcement was, was made, he released a couple of videos on his uh, Instagram of him like just like in his like front porch doing parkour and stuff so it looks like he really did go out of his way to kind of prepare for the role maybe it's one of the reasons he got cast so at least physically he'll he'll be able to do like all of the stuff yeah. that all that is demanded of him for the movie seeing a headshot isn't enough in my opinion you really have to see the the movement and like the person you know in in action let's be honest so many names so many names were thrown around you know i i don't think it really mattered who got cast at this point my cousin rodrigo could have been cast for this role and i don't think it would have mattered people i'm just i'm glad that they went with somebody who isn't well known because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who they cast as long as they're good we would have accepted anybody as Spider-Man as long as they're good. You know what I mean? So, Of course. Yeah. And we sort of trust these big, massive studios to, you know, get it right. It's like I say, it's like I say, I think I say it every episode, Marvel exactly. can do no wrong. Yeah. So if if they feel he's the right candidate, so be yeah, he we'll is see. the right I, candidate. I, I'm know? excited about it, to be honest. Um, so the still untitled Spider-Man reboot has a release date of July 28th, 2017. So the clock is ticking and it will be direct. It's going to be directed by John Watts. Do you know who John Watts is? Who's he's he's relatively. relatively this is a new unknown. face. Yeah, he has a short. He has a, a not a short, but he has a he has an indie film called Cop Car, which I've never I hadn't even heard of until this week. So uh, interesting. Inter- oh, there you go. Interesting choice, Marvel. But you know they kind of did the same thing with. Oh, well, Sony kind of did the same thing with. I keep on saying Marvel. Let's let me just say it's it's actually Marvel Sony because they're both doing it together. So let's just say Sony X Marvel. Sony X Studios. Marvel. Um, they yeah, kind of did it with the Amazing Spider-Man. They took Mark Webb, who really his biggest success had been uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is yeah, one I, of my favorite movies. But it was yeah. just an indie hit, and they gave him the keys to the franchise. Um, so a lot of people are like, "Can this guy handle it? Can this guy handle it?" 
I always want, I like using the example of Peter Jackson. When Peter Jackson was handed the reins to Lord of the Rings, he really had done only like low budget horror indie yeah. movies. So, so this know, is a, a young looking guy though. It's, it's, um, yeah. You may not know John Watts, but that's because he doesn't have that much on his film resume, so to speak. He worked on the movie Clown back in 2014. And it was okay at best. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. I have not. So the plot is this guy tries on a clown costume that he finds in the attic, I believe. And it's like this old, dirty clown costume. And then you find out that it is a demon costume. And he can't take it off. (laughs) And it's stuck on him. And he cuts himself by mistake trying to tear it off. And, you know, it's a crazy horror movie that's sort of like – it feels like a black comedy. As a horror fan, I wasn't that impressed by it. But it was fun. And this year he directed, as you mentioned, Cop Car, which comes out August 7th. And from the early reviews, it seems to be good. It seems like out of like a few hundred people – it's got some good reviews. It, it, it better because if that comes out and gets crappy reviews, then Marvel x Sony's going to be in an interesting position. So we have to see. He has to prove himself with Cop Car in a sense. Yeah. Because they can change that around maybe. You know, I don't know. I'm assuming Marvel saw Cop Car before hiring him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and made based it all, you know, partly off of that. So it's, it's probably going to be good. So another big piece of news is that our new Spider-Man will make his debut, not in the reboot, but in Civil War. Civil War, which, okay. So Civil War, as a comic geek, Civil War is my favorite event storyline in comic book history. Like DC, Marvel, uh, Image, it doesn't matter. Like Civil War is where it's at. Spider-Man is a huge part of Civil War. Spoiler, if you haven't read Civil War... I don't know what you're doing with yourself, um, but the big thing in Civil War, Spider-Man has, you know, he, he takes, he, there's this awesome panel where he, you have the, he's opposed to the mutant uh, registration, not the mutant, while well, I'm thinking about X-Men, the, I forgot what it's, what it, what it's called, but there's two opposing sides and uh, one side wants uh, heroes to register and, and reveal their true identities and the other one doesn't. He's on the side of the people, of the, the, the heroes that don't want that want to reveal their identity and there's this awesome panel where he takes off his mask and everybody finds out it's Peter Parker I don't think that the movie is necessarily gonna show the storyline from the from the comics so everybody's talking oh Spider-Man's gonna be in Civil War are they gonna do it I don't think they're gonna do it I think this movie's gonna deal more with um I think there's gonna be an issue with uh like the vibranium in Wakandia, and that's what's going to lead to the huge conflict. I know that the the basis of the movie is that the Avengers are involved in some huge conflict where uh, human lives are lost, and that's how um, the Avengers kind of split and and go up against each other. So, I, what do you think that Spider Man having Spider Man in this movie is going to mean? Sergio. So, you know, I'm a big fan of the Civil War um, storyline as well. And I feel like Spider-Man is such a vital part of it because, I mean, for as long as I can remember, Spider-Man has always been like rebellious against being a part of the Avengers and, you know, about his identity because you've seen a lot of death to anyone that's close to Peter Parker. So when he revealed his identity to the few baddies out there, it's huge. He actually caused the death of some of his you know, love interests or some of his friends and family. I think it's been a long time since I read Civil War, but I think, I don't remember if it's Aunt May or it's, it's somebody big that ends up uh, getting hurt because of his, uh, him revealing his identity. So one of the reasons Spider-Man is so vital to the Civil War storyline or story arc is because he's indecisive about things. 
Now, I don't want to give away what I mean by that because I feel like everyone should go read it if you're actually into it. Um, but he's he's like, you know, he can't decide whether he should be on Iron Man's side or Captain America's side. And that's a big part of the story itself. So to know that he's on board for the movie, I'm extremely excited about this. This is what I've wanted since day one of the announcement of Civil War. That's what everybody's wanted, yeah. So, you know, I am uh, I can't be happier about this. I don't think he'll be that big of a part of the movie. I don't think he's going to be a main focus at all, but I think he will be in there and they'll hopefully give him something interesting to do. I mean, I think they have a ton of potential to release a major character as one of the, you know in a role like this instead of having him okay here we're gonna give you a quick movie about who he is and then here now you see why he's in this movie you know so you can set you can set up his world without really doing an origin story and by the time you get it's what you're saying yeah by the time you get to the regular movie he's already established so you can just jump right into the action you know yeah you can do something like hey um we're gonna have look i even have spider-man on my side you know what i mean like Oh, oh, Spider-Man exists, yeah. you know, and then you can get yeah. into that story. So it's exciting news. I'm very happy about it. Me too. And we're on the, the topic of Marvel really quick. Um, They actually showed Ant-Man to the press this weekend. It's gotten a lot of good buzz, which I'm really happy about because I, I really wanted Ant-Man to do good. They say it's like the weirdest movie that Marvel's put out. It's even weirder than Guardians, but like in a good way. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Ant-Man. You know what? Um, Did you see the Japanese trailer for it, by the way? The Japanese one? No, I've probably seen every other trailer, though. There's a Japanese trailer floating online, and apparently it tells you the entire movie. <laughs> the entire movie. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not going to look at that. It is, like, the entire movie summarized in, like, a little over two minutes. I completely ignored it, but a lot of people on the comments are saying that they're super excited because of that <laughs> and um, of, of what they saw. So I, I, I'm thrilled. We're going to go watch it, dude. We're going to go if, watch it. If you go watch it, man, guys... Um Supposedly, there's actually two after the credit scenes that are really, really big and set up phase three. So stay for after the credits. And as a heads up, since we're talking Ant-Man, I'm receiving my Marvel Core subscription box of Ant-Man, which I'll, I'll be reviewing this week. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Nice, nice, nice. After Secret Wars, when Spider-Man is released, Miles Morales will be the Spider-Man of the new Marvel Universe, not Peter Parker. This is pretty, pretty big. They're giving the reins uh, to the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom to, to a character that is not Peter Parker. I think it's a really good move. Uh, it's really progressive of Marvel. Miles Morales was a huge hit in the Ultimate Universe. A lot of people say he was even better and fun, more fun to read than, than Peter Parker was. So, what do you think, Sergio? Um, you know, I've heard a lot. I've heard back and forth. Like, I've heard some people either love the Miles, the Miles like story arc, and some dislike it. I, I haven't read it, so I can't really tell you. But I, I, I have it literally waiting for me on my tablet. Um, the thing I'm excited about it because it's something different than oh, here's Peter Parker again. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying that the, the Peter Parker story is boring. I'm just saying that it's been Which told. One? We've seen it so yeah, many different exactly. times already. Yeah, and Peter Parker's still gonna be. He'll still be in there. He's just not going to be Spider-Man, at least not for now. They also announced that they're going to release an animated series based around Miles Morales, and he's being voiced by my favorite rapper, uh, Childish Gambino, who's also Donald Glover uh, from Community. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, good things. Good things. Good things. So, Sergio, are you a Star Trek fan or no? Um, I'm a fan of the early first Star Trek, and I sadly have not seen enough of the other Star Trek. I'm, I'm sad to admit it, but I will catch up to it. I, uh, 
I grew up on Star Trek. Star Trek and Star Wars. I grew up on both. My dad was a huge, huge fan of Star Trek, and I got into it really, really young. Um, it's one of the staples of my childhood, and, you know, I've been really sad because it's been off the air, even though we've had these amazing movies from J.J. Abrams. Um, yeah, it's been off the air for a while now, So, but we, we got some news this week that it could be returning to TV on a pitch by a fan, which is crazy. Uh, his name is Michael McQuarrie, and he has a, a fan creation called Star Trek Uncharted. He's been officially asked by Paramount to go in and pitch the story. Uh, this is a... Uh, this, this is a summary of the story from, from the website, from his website. A mysterious signal is received from the Andromeda Galaxy, claiming to be from the creators of Life in the Milky Way, and inviting us to come meet them. A new space-folding technology developed a hyper-warp gate constructed to warp jump 2.5 million light-years to the Andromeda Galaxy. Probes have returned successfully with data about Andromeda. A new USS Enterprise is built. It is the first ship to bear the name since the original Enterprise was destroyed in the Galactic War. The Enterprise is the first ship assigned to the new galaxy. And that's taken, obviously, from Star Trek Uncharted.com, which is his website. So um, I'm really excited by the prospect of Paramount actually going out and getting a fan uh, to come in and pitch. That's That could change the game for a lot of things. That's huge, and that's awesome. I mean, a lot of our favorite, like, either sequels or additions to universes we're attached to are just made that much better when a fan or someone who's attached to the project is a fan of the content. Absolutely. So seeing something like this is just super exciting. The thing is, when you take a super fan, I mean, this guy has been developing his story for 20 years. When you take a super fan like this, you know it's somebody who really, really loves the property and really respects the property. And it's kind of what what they got with, with J.J. for Star Wars. It's somebody who grew up on... on on, on this this property just really really loves it and, and really wants to to respect and and do the most that they can with it so I am uh, I'm, I'm also excited about the story if they go with the story it, it, it kind of goes back to what Star Trek is really based ab- around it's that's exploration that's that's one of the big staples of Star Trek so it really looks like he wants to to keep that the center focus of, of the show so I mean I kind of hope, I mean, next year is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek on TV, so if they don't have something on TV by next year, it's a huge, huge missed opportunity. I keep on talking about this with my friend Jim. Uh, yeah, it's a huge missed opportunity if, if Star Trek is not on TV by next year. So Yeah, and you know what? They, people keep matching up Star Trek with Star Wars. That's been around forever. And I feel like Star Trek should be around. Yeah, and, and you know, there's all that, all those people of Star Trek versus Star Wars. I don't see why I love both. Why can't you just love both? They're both awesome, you know? So, yeah, this it's different. Yeah, of course. They're different things. They're not the same. Yeah, they're not competing with we one another. We also had some movie much. news, though, for Star Trek. Um, Star Trek Beyond, the third movie, officially began shooting this week. And uh, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, who play Kirk and Spock, they've renegotiated their deals to include a fourth movie, for about $6 million an actor. Now, take into consideration, Chris Pine, who was relatively unknown at the time, only made $600,000 for the first movie. So, 600000 is still something. It's still, it's okay. It, Yeah, but it's not $6 million. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like me personally, 6000 600000 still something. Basically, Homeboy came up, though. Yeah. He came up. Yeah. And he's rumored to be a... The new Green Lantern, so or the new Hal Jordan. Ooh, so interesting. We'll see how that pans out. Oh, massive. We'll massive. See how that, we'll fan. see how that pans out. I'll be there. I'll be there at Comic Con when they make that announcement. If they make that announcement, so it should be fun. All right. So you mentioned as a kid, you've seen a lot of Star Trek, right? Oh yeah, a lot. Like basically all of it. 
So as a kid, I did end up seeing random episodes of the first Star Trek, you know, and that's how I got into that. But one thing that I did see a lot because of my mom was X-Files. I don't know if you've seen X-Files when you're uh, younger. Yes, of course. And my dad was really big on X-Files too. So X-Files is something I grew up with and my mom would watch it and let me watch it with her and I get terrified because it was just, it felt so realistic as a kid at least, you know, and it was so creepy. That's, that's what I remember it for. Now, it was uh, very creepy. Yeah. Um, Entertainment Weekly released some exclusive photos of Mulder and Scully this week because they are bringing it back. And I mean, you know, it's just Mulder and Scully, but I'm super excited about this. I don't know about you. I am doing it's weird because all these things are coming back now like from all these like they're doing it with heroes and they kind of did it with 24 I think it's it's a good time to bring X-Files back we never really got closure on uh, Scully and Mulder's story so oh wait yeah. they had that that one movie that was well, pretty eh I saw there was two movies I saw the first one I didn't even bother yeah, with yeah. the second one did no, you the see second like, one was crap. Yeah, that's what it was I bad? saw. It doesn't have anything to do with the overarching story either, right? I, the second n- one? No, I don't believe so. I haven't seen so, it for since it came out, but, you know, it was okay at best. I mean, I saw a picture that came out, you know, it looks like, you know, it looks like Mulder being Mulder and Scully being Scully. Exactly, yeah. That's, uh, you know what, they <laughs> they look somehow a little bit younger or just newer or something. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Well, but yeah, older, so that's exciting. They're, they're old. They're older, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to see them. I want to see them get it on. Whoa. There's so much sexual tension between those two characters. While we're on the topic of aliens, uh, as you know, they're making a new Independence Day movie. Uh, 20th Century Fox actually held a live uh, stream of a, of a press conference on, on YouTube this week um, where they announced the title of the, the, the new movie. It's called Independence Day Resurgence. All right, let brought- me, hold on. Let me cut you off for a second. What they did, which is super interesting, they held a press conference, at least for us, in Miami, East, Eastern Time, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. And, and they announced it the same day, so there was, like, no build-up toward it or anything. It was literally, hey, yeah. we're going to have a press conference. Boom. Yeah. And they had um, some guy from YouTube come in and talk about it. And, hey, well, did you see that? That back and forth with the audience was sort of It was awkward really, a really, really awkward. I don't know they didn't have was, yeah. They didn't have the any microphones to pick up the audience, so you would only hear the host. And it felt like no one was responding to him. There was one point where Bill Pullman was talking, and he was saying how like he would go out on the street, and people want him to do that super famous speech, which is like the yeah. best movie speech of all time. And then like the guy who was moderating it was like, oh, he was kind of trying to get him to do it, but then he didn't want to do it. So exactly, he like he yeah. asked, he's like, is there anybody in the audience who wants to do it? And like nobody said. It was just really awkward. Yeah, I know. The guy was probably <laughs> thinking that it was all press. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not a crowd of fans. It wasn't you know? fans. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and un- also, they, they showed a video and they're like, we have something to show you. And it was literally a bumper of the name, which is Independence Resurgence. Yeah. Independence Day Resurgence. Right. And I-, I was expecting a trailer and it was just like text flying in. How about that, guys? And no, cl- no clapping. You know, what was cool. What was cool is that they were the it, the press conference was held on set. Like you could see, like the actual like uh like the, the yeah. lab in the background, like the the they had the, the ship ships. They so looked that awesome. That was pretty cool. That they did um, and they set. actually, you know, they had all um a majority of the original cast is there except guess who? Except for Will Smith, of course. Except for Will Smith, because I think he's against doing anything now because he's in fear of his career being crappier. You know, I uh I thought about that and then I realized they're shooting now. 
and so is Suicide Squad. So I think that's true. a big true. That's that's probably the main reason. It was probably a scheduling thing because when they first talked about an Independence Day sequel, he I know that he was in talks for it, and then it didn't go through. And I, I feel like um like Suicide Squad was probably the main reason he didn't do it. Which you know what? I can't really blame him. I think I'd go well, with Suicide actually, Squad as well. Well, actually, the thing it's, is, they tried to get him before for that, and I think this just it didn't fly. Like this has been right, in the right. talks for quite some time, um, but it didn't. It just didn't fly. And I feel like this has a lot to do with Will Smith sort of being in a crisis situation with his career. I want to say because <laughs> um, After Earth, he took that to heart because of the interviews I've read. Yeah. And then he did Focus. Yep. Did you see Focus? I did not see Focus. Um. I heard it was really good. I've seen. I, I disagree. I don't, I didn't like it at all. I heard, man. I, heard, I, I need to watch it. Um, I like Margot Robbie, so I, I need to go and watch it. Um, yeah, I want to see it. I heard it was good. I'll I'll, I'll see. I want to see what their chemistry is like. See how it was, it was super weird, dude. I'll be honest. I saw it. Uh, Will Smith is a good actor, and of course, it's just that the movie itself falls apart. It's like, have you seen The Sting? Yes, of course. So it's pretty much like a wannabe sting in this kind of situation, and well, in this kind of time now. Do they have so, good, do they have good chemistry? I, I don't know to be honest. I I wasn't a fan of it. It felt sort of like a little fake, and they try to go for this happy-go-lucky kind of feel at times, and it was really serious. It was just a weird movie. Suicide Squad looks exciting though, but because of that, he's now you know most likely one of the reasons why he's not in this. Yeah, film. and even even if Suicide Squad is bad, which I actually do not. I know we talk bad about DC a lot. I actually think that Suicide Squad will be the better of between Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman. I actually think Suicide Squad will be the better of the two movies. Yeah, um, agreed. It looks um, different. It looks new. But even if it was bad, it's still going to be a huge hit. So yeah. it's probably it was probably the best bet for him to to go that that way, yeah. and that it opens him up for a plethora of other DC movies as well. So it's probably that's a smart choice, I think, on his part. To, yeah. To go yeah. That route. Um, back to Insurgents, yeah. Independence Day Insurgents. Uh, we do have some big names back, such yeah. as Jeff, Gold, Jeff Goldblum's back. Yeah, Bill, Bill, Pullman. Bill Pullman, Judd Hirsch, uh, Vivica A. Fox, Fox, which I haven't seen her in anything forever. I don't, yeah, I can't remember the last thing she was in. Yeah, so um, that's exciting. I I didn't know that until I saw them walk on stage. So, I know, we know that, that, so that's one of the things, like... They, they hadn't announced really anything, very few uh, information about the casting, and then everybody kind of just walked out on stage, and it's, it's kind of the first glimpse that anybody ever got of the movie. Yeah, and the thing is, one of them is the doctor that, I don't remember if you remember Independence Day, where he gets used as a puppet by the aliens. Uh, Brent Spiner, the, the yeah. from, from Star Trek, Data. Yeah, yeah, yeah and... Yeah. I, I was like, dude, that's so awesome. Like, I, yeah. I was guaranteed he's dead. But I'm guessing at this no, point, no, no, no. they're just reaching out for everyone they can get. Um, yeah, no, so the, it's a little scary to see that because I don't know if they're doing the, it just the Trekkie, to... The Trekkie in me was really happy he's back. They're also appealing to the younger audience. They have, uh, they have Liam, Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth in there. Yeah, uh, Micah Monroe, Stella Ward, yeah. Jesse Usher, and Charlotte Gainsbourg. So I'm guessing these are names that probably 10 years from now will be massive. Massive. Maybe. You never know. Um, so that's exciting to see. Uh, I wish there was a trailer attached to this press conference because it was dull, to be honest. Um, it was really weird and it felt last second almost. I don't, um, think, I don't think they've been filming long enough to get a trailer. We got some pictures, but even if it was dull, I th I, the concept of it is cool. And I hope yeah. we see some more some more things. It kind of, I mean, uh, since I'm going to Comic-Con, part of me was like, hey, this would have been kind of cool to do at Comic-Con. And like, but you know what? It's, 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 
I'm cool with being able to like sit at home on my couch and see it on YouTube. It's still exciting. So of I hope course, they do. Yeah. I hope studios do that kind of thing more often. I, th I thought it was really cool. So uh, Star Wars Rebels had the season two premiere uh, this week. It's, it was called Star Wars Rebels: Siege of Lothal. It's basically a forty something to an hour movie kicking off the second season. I want to say this about Star Wars Rebels. A lot of people are not watching Star Wars Rebels because it's on Disney Channel, and they think it's a they think it's a kid show. Well, it looks like a kid show. Right, right. People said the same thing about Clone Wars. Yeah. If you watch Clone Wars from start to finish, you start to see it get a lot darker and a lot more adult. Yeah. Which is weird, right? It's which like is, it's trying to get it, all those kids into it. It gets really, really, it gets really dark, which is really, really weird, but very satisfying. Star Wars Rebels. A lot of it being on Disney Channel versus Cartoon Network, people thought I was going to be really, really kiddie, really childish. It's actually not. The, the thing about Star Wars Rebels is that it feels, even more so than Clone Wars, it feels like the original trilogy. It has that same old school Star Wars feeling. And the, the season two premiere, it's the most Star Wars-y that I've felt something like like when as i'm watching it since the original trilogy um darth vader's in it like it's just it feels so much like star wars so i really want to urge people to go out there and like if they're not watching because i think it's a kid show it's to i mean it, it kids can watch it and it is a kid show but it's really at the heart of it it really isn't it's amazing like the storytelling is amazing and it feels so much like star wars i really really Sergio, I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you need to check out Star Wars Rebels. I've seen scattered episodes. I have to sort of binge it's all of this. very, very good. There's something else I'm going to binge, just like Game of Thrones. Very, it's very good. So thing. they premiered the movie. It's weird because the actual episodes don't continue until the fall. So they kind of did like a little TV movie to, to kick it off and get people's oh, like interesting. appetite wet again. But uh, I, can't nice. wait till the, I can't wait till the fall, but it was really, really good. So go on and watch well, it. Well, I'm... I, a part of me is expecting that series to attach to the film a bit. So, so you there's, know, there's there's rumors the the series is running around the same timeline as a uh, Star Wars Rogue One will be will be. So there's a lot of unconfirmed rumors that maybe certain characters or certain plot lines will kind of cross into each other from the show to that movie, which I think will be really interesting. Yeah. It sounds interesting. I'm it, super excited I mean, about it. I'm, I'm gonna binge it. Everything's canon now, so anything is possible. And I would be, it would be very, um, it'd be a missed opportunity, I think, if they didn't include something from the show in one of the movies. Yeah. Are you a fan of Harry Potter? Yeah. So how would you feel about a Star Wars x Harry Potter mashup? No, uh, no. Okay, it's not happening. No, okay. But it's, it is Harry Potter related, and um. J.K. Rowling announced The Cursed Child. Have you heard about that? I have not heard about it, surprisingly. Please tell me what it is. So this is really exciting stuff. At least, you know, if you like Harry Potter, of course. The Boy Who um, Lived. Yes. So The Cursed Child is pretty much the, the lives of Harry Potter's murdered parents. And they're going to explore that with a spellbinding drama. And it's going to open in the West End next summer. Mm. And that is in London's Theaterland in the Palace Theatre. So it's about Lily. It's about Lily and James. Yeah, it's gonna be explore their romantic story and tragic story. I'm guessing. I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but I think everyone's gonna be majorly excited about the fact that she's written something based on the Harry Potter part of the universe. It's interesting because people have been asking for the the story of Lily and James for a really long time, 
and everybody's like, oh, we should write another book, maybe another movie, but they're gonna do it in a in a stage play, which I think is interesting. Which I will, yeah. if I was a betting man, I would say if the play is successful, it will be adapted into a movie at some point or another. Um, you know, they can probably make something out of it, um, even if it's a short, but I'm pretty sure it will be successful. Yeah. Um, casting has started, so we'll see what, what they end up with. We should go audition. Yeah, we should. I'll be, I'll be, um, the baby Harry Potter. I'll, I could be, like, I could be James or, or Lily, it doesn't matter. Or both. Be the psychotic version of both. Uh, they released a, a, a little clip for the the Walking Dead companion slash prequel series called Fear the Walking Dead. Did you see the clip by any chance? You mean the one that has nothing in it? It's just, uh, it's like a 30 second clip of a, a kid talking to his mom, I guess. Uh, yeah. About the, he sees that the, the, the plague that we obviously know from Walking Dead is like spreading throughout America that he read it on the internet and she like doesn't yeah. believe him and then it's like all like ominous and stuff and we know what it's gonna lead to but yeah what's the line she ends it with um, I don't remember but it was something we can, it's something like we can trust the authorities don't you think they tell us if something like that was happening <laughs> which and then I read the YouTube comments which were hilarious and a majority of them said yeah she's gonna die right away I uh, hopefully I'll have something more to report on this in about a week and a half because I'll be at the Comic-Con panel for this. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I hope we get an actual trailer because it comes out in August and we don't have... I mean, all we have is that, that clip. So I want to see a little bit more. They've said that um, it's not going to be like the regular show that they're all like in the woods and they're all dirty. This is going to be like more of like an urban and like a downtown kind of setting. So, I mean, I honestly don't know what to expect from this show. Well, I mean, I don't either because of that one part um, <laughs> where they have a, a teaser trailer where it's just some skinny dude with his shirt flapping around and he's running away from something. Yeah, it's but weird. But you never get to see what it is. And it's, that was it. And that's literally as teaser as it gets. I got a little upset. I, I mean, those you know, people, show a zombie or something. Those people know what they're doing. Um, so I have I'm optimistic about it. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. So it's that time again. Thing of the week. Th 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 thing of the week. Whoa, you added something. To I, okay. I added a, little, a little flair. We, we have to talk about this. Before you add we have to talk about Sorry, this before I know, it goes. I threw it in there. I know we've <laughs> talked about it, so I don't want to throw you off. So um, I'll start it off this time. My thing of the week is the Back to the Future mini hoverboard. Have you seen this? Well, I have seen it. It's very fitting. It's 2015. It's the year that Marty McFly flew his hoverboard and Back to the Future. So, what better exactly, time than yeah. what better time than now? So, I got this from ThinkGeek, of course, and they have a new product out, and it's a mini hoverboard from Back to the Future. It's what looks like a little ramp with a Back to the Future branding on it, and it consists of five high-grade Earth magnets, which it says it's pyrolytic graphite so it can float on top of those magnets go science yeah it's like the lexus one sort <laughs> right of, the lexus but in one a miniature really cool version too. yeah and it's pretty much science science yeah it's science and uh, you know you can push it and it'll go hover left to right left to right so it is pretty much the perfect desk toy and i will be reviewing that on guess what it came from a box that's right. That you, is so, right. So you bought it already? You bought it on Yeah, I, it's a, I have it. I got it today. It's in the box. How much was it? I, um, I believe it's $40. All right, so Ricky, what is your thing of the week? You like of, that voice? I like the <laughs> thing of the week. It's uh, it's an app, actually. It's it's called Voxel Invaders. It's developed by Noctua Software, and it's a game. So I, which we're going to review on the podcast this week, I read Ready Player One. 
Um, yeah. And it, ever since reading it, I've been on a huge 80s kick. So I've actually gone back and, like, I've, I've downloaded, like, a bunch of Atari, old-school Atari games, and I've been playing games that I... I was born in 87, so I missed the whole Atari phase because Atari had already closed down. So I was trying to find a Space Invaders game for Android, and uh, there's no official Atari Space Invaders game, but there's a game called Voxel Invaders, which somebody basically remade an 8-bit version of Space Invaders. And this is I downloaded a bunch of them, and a bunch of them weren't good, but this was a, my favorite one out of all of them. It's super fun, old-school, arcade-style coin-op game. I am very close to beating it. Um, it makes me feel like I'm in the 80s. It's super yeah. fun and addictive. So. It has a little bit of that Geometry Wars yep. look to it, too. Yeah. Have you played Voxel Invaders? Yes, I have. Ah, oh, so fun. I'm about to beat it. It's free! It's free 99. You have to. <laughs> you have ads, unfortunately, every time you beat a level or every time you die. But it's, it's. I mean, whatever. It's totally worth it. That's That wraps it up for our thing of the week. Now, back to more news! I was just handed a paper right now with some breaking news. Um, selfie sticks will be banned at all Disney parks throughout Earth. That sucks. Literally, I just I have the, the sheet of paper right here. I was, it was, I was handed the, the sheet of paper with the breaking news from my wife, who just got the news. I was just at Disney in January for my mini moon right after I got uh, married. Dude, we had we bought a selfie stick and... Like every ride that I would go on, selfie. I have videos from like every single ride that we went on. I'm so sad. Dude, you're the reason this is happening. It's, me, it's my right fault. Now. It is my and I posted them you're online on, on social reason. media. I'm I'm sorry, America, uh, for ruining selfie sticks at Disney World for you. I'm sorry. This is tragic. There's <laughs> been there's been more and more reports as to the problems that Disney's been having with people bringing their selfie sticks on rides, which would lead to the rides being shut down. So are um, people like losing their selfie sticks in the middle of the ride? So um, I'm guessing <laughs> I'm guessing they're either caught on camera and one of the employees <laughs> has to go out and talk to them or maybe they drop them on the rails or they drop them or they hurt someone. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of info on that, but whatever it is, it was enough for them to place a ban on them throughout all of their parks. Wow. That's pretty crazy. What, um, does, it, what does it say about our society currently that Disney has to ban selfie sticks? Well, the selfie sticks is sort of like a big thing. And I'll be honest, I never had one, but I, I will say that I knew about selfie sticks when they were called monopods. I don't know if you know what those are. Yeah, but um, when I used to do like videography stuff with uh, a team, one of the main things we do is attach our DSLRs yeah. to monopods yeah. and, you know, move them in the middle of the dancing crew or, you know, whatever the event was, moving in the middle you know, that's the only way to do that. But the difference is that they were facing outward and not at you. That's why they weren't selfie sticks. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, it's still a dang stick. You know what I mean? Like, And there's an actual official one by Nikon, of course. So I feel like that's going to be some money loss right there. So starting June 30th at Disneyland in California, before you enter the park, on bag check, if they find a selfie stick on your bag or person... You will immediately be arrested. You'll be thrown into Disney jail. Trust me. I have heard horror stories about Disney jail. You do not want to go to Disney Trust jail. Me. You it's know all those horrible things you, you hear about jail, like all the gangs and, you know, the, 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 the stuff that we, we can't talk about on this show. It's pretty much four times as worse in Disney jail. Mickey's going to make you his prison, you know, his prison B. Uh, that was a lie. You will not get arrested. <laughs> if they find you have a selfie stick, you'll be able to check it in and pick it up on the way out. Or you have the option to leave it in your car or hotel, which is them saying, just don't bring it. Just don't bring one. 
Yeah. They're also having employees throughout the park. Keep an eye out for them. Maybe if they catch you with one in the park, you know, they'll send you to Disney jail. I wonder if there's, there's one guy whose entire job at the park is to look for selfie sticks. Well, they're telling everyone. That's the thing. Like, everyone, including the guy who sells hot dogs. Even, like, and, Mickey, you know. Mickey. I can picture, like, some Mickey there taking a picture with somebody. And, oh, like, oh, hey! Yeah. You can't do that! I don't know. That's my Mickey exactly. right there. Exactly. Oh, and I was just handed another piece of paper. Hold oh. on. Can you hear it? Breaking news. With some more breaking news. Uh, selfie sticks will be banned at Comic-Con as well. Well, there goes that plan for me. So, yeah, go back to your bag and take that selfie stick out before... Oh, wait, it's too late. It's already ruined. No one can bring it. All right, so in order to better compete with Spotify and Apple Music, Google is ramping it up with a free ad-supported version of Google Play Music. That's about it. That's all the news I have on that end. (laughs) So Music Wars... Yeah. Um, You know, I think it makes sense. I sort of find it funny that this happened right after the Taylor Swift ordeal. Did you hear about that? Taylor Swift and the news again. What is she wrote? A letter to Apple or she made a comment to Apple? She wrote a blog post, of course, because come on, it's 2015. Okay, come on. Letters. Sorry. sorry. Um, And, you know, in the letter, she wrote about how Apple Music um, does not pay artists during the free trial oh, of its right. users, which makes sense. I think it's a little foolish on Apple's end, right? I mean, it's not like they don't have money to pay. Right. But, you know, so that's uh, it's a good argument. But the thing is, she's defending the indies when, he, you know, she's not really what you'd call an, a small, independent I little know. artist. And, and the weird thing is, like, the next day, Apple, I don't want to say cave, but Apple was like, you're right. We're going to pay you. Um, yeah, so, you know, and the, I'm guaranteeing you that the reason they did that is because she has such a big push on the whole that, streaming that girl music has, thing that going. That girl has so much power. It is ridiculous. It's always weird to me, too, because I don't listen to her at all. At all, at all. I, but I, to know that she's I so do. big, it feels like, oh, okay, well, I, will, I don't at all. I hate to admit I am a, I am a fan of her music. You know? T-Swift? That's You're all, a T-Swifter? T- T-Swizzle, dog. It's all about T-Swizzle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Now, back to Google Play Music. Uh, If you try it out and decide to pay for the service, you then get access to offline music, create your own playlists, listen to your music on any of your devices. I'm guessing access to more music, and then you also get ad-free, offline, and background features for music videos on YouTube, which was, I think, the YouTube music key that they introduced a while ago. That's in beta, I believe. So give it a try. It's what I use, so I can definitely recommend it. Ricky hates it. I don't hate the one I hate is title. I don't hate Google Music. All right. Oh well, that's good. Okay, I'm glad. I love everything that Google does, wholeheartedly. I love everything Taylor Swift. T Swizzle. Right now we're gonna move over to games because something sort of really funny is happening, in my opinion. I don't know if you know about this, but do you have you heard about the game Arkham Knight? Of course. It is like what is it now? Like the fifth. Batman game? Uh, there was Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. I'm, I, they're running out of titles yeah, at this I'm, point. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm missing one, but yeah. There's a lot. Uh, you know, they're, for, for the most part, really fun games. I feel like they've... Uh, I I don't play the new ones as much as I used to when the first ones came out, but this will, one's out I need now. To play, the only reason I haven't played it is because I have a lot of stuff coming up, and I know I don't have time for it. The second I'm back from yeah. Cali, I'm getting Arkham Knight, and I will be playing it. 
<laughs> so um, Arkham Knight, was, as I mentioned, was released this week on the 23rd of June, and there's been a ton of reports as to how bad the PC version is. And that is, I'll tell you why right now, because I feel like this is where you're going to go with it. It's because it is a PC port, and by port, I mean as in the game was developed for consoles, and then they do a really crappy job porting it to the PC. Now, there's something interesting about this, and it's that about two or three weeks ago, Steam announced a new refund policy, and what perfect timing. This is like the reason why we need refund policies on this. That's that's good. At least you're not losing your money, though. Like, So the reason this is a big deal, this happens. Bad PC ports, they used to be a common thing. Now they've gotten way better, I'd say. I remember this happened. It happened with PC, but it also happened with the consoles when, uh, when Battlefield 4 came out. Yeah. Huge issues. And it was like, it was PC, PS4, and Xbox. So I remember that, that was the last big one that I remember, like, it being really, really bad. That people it's, were like, it's a big refunding. Thing. Yeah. So um, over on Steam, which is Valve's game distribution platform, for those of you who don't know, there's over 11,000 negative user reviews wow. on the game. 11,000. And from there, wow. here's a few highlights. Uh, Thomas Anderson said, this is why people pirate video games. <laughs> From FSE7, fun game if you like playing with 10 frames per second and having your PC crash to reboot every 30 minutes. And well, I can't even say this one. Widow Dynamito? Nice. Dynamito? Nice. Sc- <laughs> scored it by saying, stuttering simulator 2015, 30 frames per second out of 10. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. I feel like those reviews, uh, I... I understand why why people write them, but it kind of sucks because they're what you should be reviewing is the the content of the game itself and not the performance. So it's like I, I feel like all these negative reviews are gonna stick, and they're not actually reviewing the game; they're reviewing the port of the game, which kind of sucks. Exactly. Yeah, but the thing is, when someone goes onto the game page and they see negative reviews, it tells you one thing, and it, tell, it tells you to stay away from it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, community can, the community can vote on the actual reviews as well, so they'll rank up the ones that you know, for the most part, are the popular ones. Yep. But um, over on the official forums of the game, developer Rocksteady Studios stated that they were aware of the issues. Which, come on now, did they just not test this at all? It's ridiculous to release a game that, um, you know, to have users who pre-ordered your game, which means they gave you money before you gave them anything, and now they face all these problems. That's a little... This is not a small indie studio. That's the, the reason I have a problem with it. What a way to have your fan base lose complete faith in your IP. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the original plan for this game was to not have it on a PC and probably just a, yes, con- yeah. a console. It's a last second. That's what yeah. a lot of ports are. The bad yeah. ports are last second. Like, let's just do some simple coding here and, yep. and then it's out. Yep. Uh, to make things worse, Warner Brothers has now suspended the PC sales of the game, which is just downright embarrassing. Wow. But it seems to be the only thing they've done right at the moment. And in a statement to those who own the game, Warner Brothers said, We want to apologize to those of you who have experienced performance issues with Batman Arkham Knight on PC. We take these issues very seriously and have therefore decided to suspend future game sales of the PC version while we work to address these issues to satisfy our quality standards, which are complete bullcrap. Shame on you, Warner Brothers. Shame. Shame. For shame. It's a 
right, so Spielberg is going to be directing a movie. I don't know if you know about this. I'm, I'm clearly uh, lying because I know you know this. I know. Um, and it's for a book that's called Ready Player One. Ready Player One, which I read recently, actually. As soon as you told me you were going to read this, you know who read it? Your wife. Yeah. Uh, she devours books like in a day and it's insane. So now what I end up doing is, oh, want to read this book? I'll give it to my wife because she, she, of course, enjoys it. And I, it'll take me a month to read. And then I'll ask her about it, which I feel horrible because I feel so lazy about it. And I love reading books. Well, I, uh, I really think you should read this one and uh, I'll tell you why. I have it on my tablet. I bought it. There you go. So, Sergio, you know that I like to read a lot. I talk about it with you all the time. I read at least two books a month, give or take. I try to only pick things up that I know from the get-go I'll enjoy, but every once in a while, I pick something up that's special, something that, like, totally sucks me in and doesn't let me out until I'm done with it. And this is what happened to me, dude, when I read, when I picked up Ready Player One uh, by Ernest Klein. I think I read it in, like three sittings i could not put it down the only reason i would put it down is because i had to go to sleep because i'm a human um but to give you a little context regarding what the book's about it's set in the year 2044 so somewhat in our immediate future and most of humanity escapes their like reality by spending every hour of the day plugged into the oasis which is a virtual utopia the mm. oasis is it's basically an evolved version of an mmorpg Using a real life a real life example, it's basically World of Warcraft and Second Life combined and on steroids. Yeah. When uh so when programming genius James Halliday, the creator of the Oasis, dies, he releases a video to the public letting them know that his entire fortune is up for grabs to whoever finds an Easter egg that he's hidden in this virtual world. To those of you unfamiliar with what an Easter egg refers to in terms of gaming, it's an intentional inside joke, hidden message, or feature in an interactive work. We see this kind of thing in movies a lot nowadays, containing hidden references to past works of art as a way of paying tribute. Um, the story then follows our protagonist, Wade Watts, on his hero's journey to try and find the egg. Sergio, you're a big gamer. I'm sure you've seen Easter eggs in, uh, in games. Yeah, of course. Right? And, you know, for the most part, they're not literal Easter eggs. Right. I sort of would wish that someone would do that already as a kind of <laughs> joke. Put, put, like, an Easter egg in there. Yeah, and then, you know, that's our Easter egg, you know, because that'd be fun. Like a physical Easter egg in the game. That'd be, that'd be funny. Exactly, yeah. But, um, yeah, what makes this work of, like, this literature, like, extremely special is it's the material's infatuation with the 1980s. In the book, James Halliday came of age as a teenager during this era, and he basically never grew out of it. Now, the video message he releases to the public following his death, it purposely includes a plethora of 80s references, and the reason you heard Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party at the beginning of this segment is because it's the song that's playing in the background during the video message. So because of this and common knowledge that Halliday was obsessed with 80s pop culture, a subculture of people known as Gunters develops, and you basically have the entire world in this fictional future reliving the 1980s all over again. The word Gunters. Gun, the word Gunter, by the way, it's a portmanteau or a blend, as it's called in linguistic in linguistics, of egg hunter. So they kind of combined the two words and they made this cool little subculture out of it. And uh, very early on, we learned that 80s pop culture as a whole will become the key, both literally and metaphorically, to finding the hidden egg. One of the reasons this was special a special read for me is because I, so I was born in 1987. I think you were born right around the same time, no? I hope so. <laughs> so even though I'm technically a child of the 80s, I really grew up in the 90s. 
and I never really experienced what life in the 80s was like. And I thought I had a pretty good grasp of 80s pop culture because I've always been fascinated with it, especially with 80s music. I love 80s hair metal. Um, but reading this book, I very quickly realized that there's a lot I didn't know. I decided early on that just like Wade, I would become a Gunther myself and immerse myself in uh, the culture and references that were being described in the text. For example, if a particular reference for a song or to a song that I didn't recognize was made in the book, I would literally stop reading, find and listen to the song, and then continue reading. If a character was playing, let's say, an Atari game, I'd go online, find an emulator so I could experience it, just like the characters were. And in the most extreme example, there's a scene where they're actually playing inside of War Games, which is a movie from the 1980s starring a pre-Ferris Bueller Matthew Broderick. I hadn't seen the movie, so I stopped reading, found the movie, watched it, and then continued the book. I could have finished the book and still enjoyed it without doing any of this, but I felt like if I really wanted to experience everything the story had to offer, this was the way to do it. Uh, because of this, I was... Yeah, able- engulf yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because of, like... I, I could have finished the book in a day. It took me a lot longer to read because I did things like this, but because I did this, I felt like I was able to really immerse myself in some amazing yeah. areas of 80s culture I might have never bothered to look and, and explore otherwise. And uh, apart from its reference, it's sorry, its reverence of 80s culture, the book also has something to offer in terms of social commentary. As a whole, what I believe to be the main thesis of the book is very relevant today. Ready Player One paints a picture of what life in the future could possibly be like if we continue to live as connected as we are to external devices such as our phones and continue to present these pseudo-realistic versions of ourselves on social media and the rest of the internet. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I'm guilty of both of these things like almost every other millennial is, but seeing it presented the way that the book does really pushes you to actually stop for a second and think, hey, maybe I should try to live a little more in the now of my actuality than in the constructed space of an already present and impending virtual reality. Um, <laughs> that's a lot on that's, that part. That's, those are, that's some thought for, for the day. That's the thought of the day. I'm going to leave you with that to think about. That, that was my, I think that's my meta moment in like the entire <laughs> ten, nine episodes we've done. That was like my huge like meta moment. But uh, since it's publishing in 2012, Ready Player One has made a significant imprint. As a society, we've seen a sort of return to and reverence of things from the past, which we've labeled as retro. And the 1980s makes up a big chunk of this. Uh, you've probably noticed this, right? All these like old 80s things coming back now. Of course. Even movies. Yeah, even even movies. Um, it's just like it's coming back, and it's 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 really cool because there's a lot of things that I'm experiencing now that I didn't experience before, and I'm I'm glad that everything's back. So you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Spielberg has signed on to direct a movie based on the book, and uh, the the author of the book, Ernie Klein, he's mentioned that he has an outline for two more sequels to the book. So there may be more on the way, and I can't stress enough how good of a read it was especially if you came of age during the 80s which i really didn't but i feel you like you can act for, like you did i can i can lie and say that i did but i feel like somebody who actually did would get like all, so much more out of this book than probably i did so if you haven't read it yet put on like i don't know a rush cd watch like your favorite john hughes movie and get in the right mood and go and explore the worlds in uh ready player one it's really fun
And of course, that's it for the week, folks. That was pretty long. That was a, that was uh, a, a good, good week. A long week, but a good one. Yeah, a good week. A good week to be alive. Uh, once again, I'm Sir Joe A.M. And I'm Ricky Cosman reminding you to... Go to Disney World and use your selfie stick by June 30th. Go, go, go. Because you have a few days. I think you should go after and get thrown in Disney jail and experience Disney jail for yourself. I think everyone should at one point. It's a, a good family experience. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a, a ritual, you ha- a coming of age thing you should go through, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, oh. That was, uh. That was weird. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.